The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Funding cuts. We've been talking a lot about that over the past uh, few days, certainly um, since uh, the last uh, budget was handed down on Thursday. As, as, as budgets are handed down, we, we see more things happening. But... Uh, Funding cuts from federal and provincial government causing some major grief for Métis Child and Family Services Society Edmonton. There was an outreach program called SNUG. It is folding due to funding issues. It was created in 2005 after the formation of a provincial police task force dedicated to investigate the killing and dumping of sex trade workers in the Edmonton area. Remember that when that was going on and on and on, uh, it is not the only program being impacted. Uh, Don Langford is the executive director of Métis Child and Family Services Society Edmonton. He joins me now. Hey, Don, welcome to the show. Thank you. All Thank right. you. Now tell us about this SNUG program. It was cut in February after federal funding expired, was not renewed. What did it do? What was it all about? Well... You know, that's a little bit of misinformation there because I did not shut down Snug. I put it on hold until I received word of my funding request. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, and uh, I told the worker to, uh, the one worker that we had in the program, to tell her clients that if they required any support or any services is to contact our intake worker mm. at Métis Child and Family Services. And... Uh, that's where I stand right now with that program. I have two other programs that that have been cancelled completely, and I'm waiting to hear on other funding uh, requests I've, I've put out too. But the SNUG program... Uh, so it's on hold right now, Don, is what you're saying. You're just, yes. For clarification, it's it, on hold. It, it, it's on okay, hold. Okay, thank and, you. And I did not come out and say it was canceled. Okay, so it's on hold because some federal funding, you're just waiting on, on to find out if, if that's I'm, going to continue? I'm waiting on federal funding. I uh, had contacted them last week, and, uh, and it's funding from Canadian Justice. And uh, they told me that a decision hadn't been made. And when a decision would be made, they would uh, contact me and uh, we would move on if I get funding. Mm, And you're still waiting. And I'm still waiting. I had funding from uh, FCSP grants uh, from the Alberta government and whatnot. That ended in uh, September 30th. Okay. Uh, And uh, that program is pretty well defunct. I've asked if they're going out looking for funding or whatnot, and I've not heard back from them. I've talked to other agencies uh, working with, with our community on the street and whatnot, and they're in the same boat as I am. Okay. They're they're looking for funding too, and their mm. their funding has basically been cut. You know, so. So for those who don't know, Don, what did, what did the program do? The one that's on hold right now, Snug. What did well, it do? What it did, it was the outreach to the girls, and we we engaged them where they were in the community, whether it was on the street or whatnot. Uh, the program has changed a, a great deal. Over the last, you know, 15 15 years, years, yeah, you know, because they've moved off the street. When we started, they were working the streets and whatnot. Our workers would would contact them, uh, talk with them, find out uh, if there were services that we could provide to move them off the street, if they maybe wanted some detox treatment if they wanted to go in for treatment uh if they if they needed food if they needed housing whatever we could do to move them off there mm-hmm. and, and the way the program 
worked at first, and the reason we called it Snug is we would go out with our decoys, the city police would go out, and they would act as Johns. And once they made contact with the girls and they established a, a deal, then uh, they would be uh, arrested, and then uh, another team of officers would pick them up and bring them into my office here. And my workers would sit down and interview them mm. and see what we could do to, you know, maybe give them a lifestyle change and whatnot, move them off the streets and whatnot, and what supports that we could put in. Hmm. Now, if if they decided to go along with that and whatnot, uh, then they could go to court and they would form a plan uh, with... Uh, the court system and whatnot, and if they completed their plan, then all the charges and everything would be dropped. And that was sort of the start of the program. And then uh, it moved uh, more indoors after that. Yeah. When they changed the laws on prostitution and whatnot, it became more dangerous for the girls to be out on the street. And I think uh, that's why a lot of them have moved indoors and uh, onto the internet and whatnot. But, Don, uh, Don, how successful was was the program in maybe number one getting getting some of the girls uh, off the street, or, or number two, uh, protecting them? Because I know there were other things that were done uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, w- there was the street checks, and there was yeah. uh, DNA, and being able to report bad dates. You know, yeah. how successful was it? I, I found that uh, very successful. We found that was very successful because you know there was a good information system on the street and whatnot. People were talking to each other and whatnot. Uh, The girls felt safe and whatnot because our workers would be able to contact them. The city police could stop and talk to them and whatnot. Then when they changed the laws and whatnot, it it became, uh, you know, more dangerous for them to be out on the streets and whatnot because the only people that would be charged in that case would be maybe the, the pimp or, mm-hmm. or or the customer. Don, I was going to ask you if um, if a majority of um, the sex trade workers have moved off the streets and, you know, online, is there still a need for this program? But um, not everybody has left the streets, right? Not really, you know, no. and, I, and I've driven down, down the stroll several times at night and i might see one or two but but there's not a lot of people out there anymore you know i think it's really the ones that are really struggling and that are really down and out that 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 move back there okay you you, you know but uh do you still need the program then we need the services okay we need the services we need to engage them where they are you know and and because we had set up such a good rapport with our outreach workers and whatnot uh they were contacting us for support and services and whatnot, and whether it was, you know, for family support or trying to contact their children, you know, like we had over 1,500 women on our database. Wow. You know, with, you know, with, with all their information that yep. can and whatnot. But the part that really had me concerned and whatnot was the amount of kids yeah. that, that these women had. You know, like 59% of these women had children. Yeah. You know, and the majority of these children were in care. Yeah. You know, and I was just really uh, concerned about the children in care, really. That was my, my focus, you know, from an agency perspective is uh, what about all these children, you know, you know without, without parents and whatnot that are... Yeah 
going into care, and uh, when they hit 18, they're, they're flipped out back in the streets, and what's their future? Well, and sometimes it just becomes a revolving door, right? I mean, it's, um, you know, they end up uh, back out there as well. There's so many layers um, to to this. It's, it, yeah, it, you it, peel one back and there's another. Well, it is shocking, you know, when, when we've, you know, dealt with, you know, third generation yeah. on the wow. street, you know, it's... Uh, it's critical, and it's really, you know, really quite shocking and whatnot. And and it really affects our community, you know, because uh, nobody really cares for these people out there. You know, when you get right down to it, you, you know, you, uh, I've had six different funders over 15 years in this, and every year we've had to to, to struggle for funding. Yeah. You know, we've had Canadian Heritage, the Women's Program, we had Health Services, we had FCSP grants, Justice Canada, you know, like, and it's hard to keep uh, the funders interested in it because a lot of times there's not a lot of glaring statistics and big numbers that say how successful it is, you know, like our our successes are really counted uh, one at a time. Yeah, without a doubt. Don, yeah. how much does it cost to, to run the program? To run the program, it, it costs about $170,000 a year. And huh. that's for two workers, and that's for the food and the supplies and everything else that we provide to the to the girls on the street, as well as our, for transportation mm-hmm. and for the evaluation of the program. Okay. So that's what you're waiting on. That's what's been cut. Any word on uh, when you might hear about it? I think they said the end of March, possibly. Well, yes, you know, and we've we've been waiting for the the House of Parliament to go in. They're in now, and uh, just last week I contacted David, my contact in Ottawa, and. Uh, he said he would let me we know as soon as they heard. Uh, I've asked for three-year funding, so if okay. we get our three-year funding, then, you know, we're, we're going to be back out. Uh, okay. Barring that, uh, we're still beating the bush here. We're hoping that uh, the provincial government will free up some of the money, uh, you know, for family violence or... or uh, these programs, you know, that are dealing with it, because when you look at the other agencies working with people on the street, we're all in the same boat. Uh, we're talking with Don Langford, the executive director, executive director, sorry, of uh, Métis Child and Family Services Society in Edmonton. Uh, some funding issues causing some some problems over there. One program uh, is on hold because of a lack of federal funding and uh, just receiving word that um, two other programs, um, it looks like they're going to be lost as well because of some provincial funding issues. Don, what's happening there? Uh, I did receive a letter on the 4th of November. Uh, uh, Cancelling two programs, and uh, it affects um, eight registered social workers that I have working for me. These people have worked hard to get their education and whatnot, and they're they're doing good work in our community. Uh, one program is our Aboriginal Child and Family Support Program, which is uh, really a family intervention program. We support uh, youth and families. Uh, who have involvement with Alberta Children's Services and whatnot. And the services we we offer is we do a lot of in-home support, uh, youth work, uh, community referrals, uh, some advocacy, and and just putting in those services to keep the family together. Uh, And we've run that program for just about 35 years. It's worked very well. We've had 
good, uh, great success with our families in that. Uh, the other program is our, we call it our Choices Youth Program, which really focuses on youth who are uh, at risk of uh, dropping out of school uh, pretty well, dropping out of uh, everything. And uh, we try and work within a school setting. We're in three schools right now. We're at uh, Miskwachee Academy. We're in Britannia. And we're in Victoria Comp, and we have uh, a social worker in each school. And what we do is we deal with a lot of the peer pressures, the bullying, uh, the life skills, the family uh, concerns, yeah. and uh, uh, some work we do with Zebra because there's some referral and whatnot. But uh, we're we're also part of a larger group. We're part of the the Aboriginal leadership team and that is the five aboriginal agencies in the city here and collectively we've lost 13 programs effective march 31st so i i i'm in a boat with a whole bunch of other people and uh you know most likely you know, 50, 60 workers that are going to be affected. Oh my really, goodness! You know. And uh, in the in the province, the, the children's services minister, what what what's it? What are they saying about this and about? Or they just it's done. The, the funding is done. Is there a possibility of getting it back? Well, they they've designed a new program that is supposed to give the same type of services uh, to to everybody, regardless of where you live in the city. Uh, and uh or in the province and and uh we've we've all put in our proposals to be part of that that new uh programming and, and whatnot uh but we have not received word yet you okay. know uh, they're supposed to tell us sometime soon but you know my workers are a little little excited and whatnot you know because they're going to be out of work at the of end course. of the month of course we we have not received any any word yet but uh, I guess my biggest frustration was is that it was just a blanket cut, 450 programs, uh, uh, no due diligence, uh, didn't look at the value of any of the programs just because they were within this one funding cycle. Mm. Uh, they, they were gone. And really, you know, it's the indigenous units, agencies in the city that that are really hurting right now. You know, we've been promised for the last 20 years that the government would include us in designing and delivering services to our community, and uh, they've not lived up to their their word. You know? Don, I want to thank you for joining me uh, and telling me what uh, and telling my listeners what what's going on um, at your organization. We'll keep an eye on this, and um, let's talk again in the future. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank you very much, Don okay. Lang, for joining us this afternoon. The executive director of Métis Child and Family Services Society, Edmonton.